Fantastic. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Systems of Wealth podcast. I am your host, Noah Cronfly. Today, I am joined by a very special guest. It is Sir Kyler Marshall. Kyler, thank you so much for joining me, my friend. What's going on? It's really good to be here. I'm really excited. Uh, I, I, I was honestly really flattered to get the invitation. I, uh, Absolutely. I, I, I've got a lot of respect for you and your work and, and what you teach and other people need to hear it. I appreciate it, dude. I really, really do. And again, yeah, thank you so much for joining me. And honestly, I just wanted to start first off. I just wanted to say thank you for the impact you have had in my life, the support that you've given me. We were talking about it a little bit, but you were the first, if not one of the very first phone calls when I went through my separation with my business partner last year, you were one of the very oh. first people that I called. And we were talking about that a little bit before, you know, um, before we got started here. And so again, I just want to say the advice that you gave me during that time, the support that you had, you know, for me during that time will be something that I will be forever, forever grateful for. So again, thank you, man. Thank you for the friendship, everything that, um, you know, we get to do together. Of course, man. <laughs> like this, that's what this is all about. You, you know, uh, entrepreneurship, uh, is a very quiet, lonely journey that yes. people tend to go on, which is why, by the way, people talk about how freeing it is and how great it is. And I get all the advantages. That's because most of the time, that's not what their life is like. Right. <laughs> that, right. That's just the Kool-Aid they're sipping. Yeah. They're just saying like, oh, the, these are all the upsides because the downsides is where they spend most of their time with. Interesting. Right. That's that's like um, it's it's a lot of the time why people flex on Instagram or anything like that. Uh, sometimes, uh, like I, I've always found it really interesting, the juxtaposition of a lot of rap music of my life is so excellent. And I got all these hoes. I got all this drip. I got all this stuff going on in my life. Mm -hmm. And uh, my life is hard. And I'm mm. I, the, the cops are after me. And like, there's this juxtaposition of both things holding on. Yeah. And that's because that's kind they're being real. Right. They're being honest about what their lives are like. Whereas, like, you know, I won't mention names, but some entrepreneurial <laughs> communities are, are, <laughs> I might get in trouble for mentioning names, actually. <laughs> some entrepreneurial communities are like, money, 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 keep it going. Yeah. Who cares about your relationships, your mental health? Right. Uh, <laughs> the broad prosperity of your life. You just got to keep on that grind, man. It's like, hmm. no, you're going to die that way. <laughs> <laughs> well said. And we need to get into, of course, we're going to cover a lot about the culture of Planet Perry, but I wanted to just like, I, I like to set kind of a, some sort of a foundation of like how you found yourself in the position of where you are now and the, you know, the leadership position that you have with Planet Perry. But usually the convert or the question that I tee this off with is like, when people ask you what you do or see like your official title, like, what do you usually say when people ask you like, so what do you do for work? That's that's a great question. So what I do, what I say is I'm a salesman. Okay. I'm a salesman of entrepreneurial training and services. Yes, 100%. right. Yeah. And it's taken me a very long time to get it that <laughs> yeah, tight. succinct. Right. Um, <laughs> the the very long answer is I consult with clients. I sell them services, and I go to the events that I eventually sell people into. Yes. And further consult as the resident salesperson in the company. Mm. Right. So. A lot of times these they're called masterminds. It's a format I'm sure you're familiar with where a bunch of entrepreneurs buy a seat in a room, usually with a guru or or a leader 
there and everyone starts giving feedback on everyone else's business. So there's usually a time limit, 30 minutes, one hour. And by the end, everyone is able to get to the bottom of their problem or get a lot of clarity on their problem. Just yeah. like, uh, because it's really hard to do it for yourself. The same way you can give like relationship advice mm-hmm. to someone else. Yes. That is plainly obvious to you, but they don't quite get it. Even though later they'll be like, of course, of course that was the case. Of course she was crazy or of course I'm being insane. Right. <laughs> but you just, you just need that outside perspective because you're too close. Yeah. You can't see what is, what is it saying? Like in Perry, like you can't see the trees, the forest or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it there's a lot of different idioms for it, but it's like, you're too close to the elephant to figure out what it is. Uh-huh, right. Uh-huh, you yeah. know, uh, a group of, <laughs> the, the parable is a group of blind men are next to an elephant and they're just trying to figure out what it is. And one of them's like at its rump and it's feeling and it's like, I think it's like a, a leather wall <laughs> and another one's like at its feet is like no i i'm not actually sure what this is but it's like this big like crusher and someone's like over by its trunk it's like no nah, dude this is a snake it's like no 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 no. it's an elephant you're mm. just too far yeah, and you don't you're too yes. close and you don't have the perspective, perspective. that you right 100 so and, yeah go ahead well, so what I do is I get people in that room mm-hmm. and I have the privilege of being in that room. Yeah. So any of the feedback or stories that I can glean from the room, I can take to people and sell them into that room. Yes, 100%. And right? I've had the the benefit and the pleasure of being in those rooms and getting to like feel that energy and feel like the breakthroughs. It is it's like seriously for me, one of the like, I mean, I, I owe so much to that world of Planet Perry. A lot of my business are those clients. And so, and what is... The is I have like my my journey with entrepreneurship or like starting at sort of the online marketing space where it is very promoting like you know like a certain level of income like that was what you had to hit and when I found yeah the Planet Perry world it was like no build the business of like what is aligned with who you naturally already are and it's okay to be your unique self and build the business around that where it felt like I was trying to fit myself into a box almost in a sense is the best way to put it you're like mm-hmm. copying somebody else and you realize that like oh no matter what i do i will never be that person and i don't want to be that person and it's okay like i can build i can sure. be myself like that's a really yeah. good part of it, 100% well that's that's like a big a big distinction between like the hustle and choosing a hero because if you have someone, if you're just hustling to get to, you know, like the Grant Cardone, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get the jet and I'm going to get the girls and I'm going to be able to go wherever I want. And you just want to mimic that lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. And that will get people to a new place. But at some point, you're either going to become Grant Cardone, which only one person is, 100%. or you'll have to get off that bus. Interesting. And have even even some people who are so deep into that culture they they have an identity crisis right you see this well honestly you see this with a lot of like ex-christians who were on like i want to follow this lifestyle and i want to follow this teaching all the way out in ad ad infinitum and some people do that their entire lives because it is alignment it, it is in true alignment with their values or they are willing to sacrifice an mm-hmm. enormous amount for whatever benefit they're getting. Right. 
right? And, you know, entrepreneurs who are going into the millions and are just hustling and hustling and are losing some relationships, some family, whatever that is, yep. and, and maybe significant parts of who they are. Yes. There's this great quote. Um, you can fit a square peg in the round hole. Just it just depends on how much you're willing to cut away, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And and yeah. it was actually at a spiritual conference where people are like, you know, I have to I have to reunite myself with the things that I cut away to fit in. Yes, and and that's something I really appreciate about the culture of Planet Perry, which is you don't have to cut much out. You just have to focus on things that actually work Mm -hmm. and you don't have to cut away any of yourself. You can build a rich, fulfilling business of any scale for you and your family. If that's what you want to do. hundred percent. If you want to go up into the stratosphere. Yeah. Our stuff works for that too, but that's not the ultimate carbon copy goal because we don't do anything carbon copied. It's very like freeing and empowering to like, especially for me being like young again, I, I think, my first introduction to anything Planet Perry was with Scott, Scott Shang. If you guys haven't listened to that interview, definitely go back. He's the original mentor that brought me into this world. So um, good. So good. But I was, tw- it was 2019 and I was 22. And I was at the very, like the, the workshop that Bob and Perry put on the 8020 workshop. And I, as oh, like a 22-year-old, wow. you know, a very young entrepreneur to build my foundation with, you know, those almost like first principles kind of approach. I'm just so lucky that I almost like I don't have to get 10 years into my journey and then unlearn a lot of that stuff. Like I can mm-hmm. build it from the very beginning and and see these really in a apical business. Cause again, like that's what Bob instilled in me. That's what, you know, we live with find my way home with Scott's project. So like I get to see them in real action. I'm just so grateful for it, but I do want to like the, anybody that's listening to this, obviously you guys can tell that Kyler is extremely articulate one of like that's just so much energy it's just like it's one of the best like it's just you're you're too kind thank you (laughs) the first conversation i had with you i was just like man this is like i knew you and i were gonna get along right away but like how did (laughs) you and we have (laughs) how did you find yourself in the position of sort of like that sales leadership position with planet but like what was the journey like was sales that like something that was just like natural to you i think like the question was like something that we have always done like with the plant pairs like take a marketing dna test and learn about kind of your skill set and then find yeah. a profession and build on top of that like was that part of your journey like how did you find yourself with where you're at now so i'll give you the long answer Please. which is so so a um i was actually brought in because uh my dad found a company he is perry marshall he Certainly. is the perry that the planet the is around yeah. right Best he's the guy um author mm-hmm. speaker, almost philosopher <laughs> like just yeah, yeah pretty much yeah, yeah. he's he, he, people are seeing renaissance man at, at this yes. point in his career and he's and he's done it. an absolutely remarkable job for where he's for where he came from yeah. uh so i initially started out in customer service because okay. i was looking for a job and what what the initial pitch was was i I was just out of high school and the question was, okay, so what are you going to do, Kyler? And I didn't want to be a lawyer, an engineer, a doctor, anything, any of the college, the collegiate experiences that I would need in order to not really hurt someone while (laughs) practicing my my given passion, (laughs) right? You don't have to go to acting school to become an actor. It just helps to have that crucible to create you and also yeah. to have those contacts. Right. Well right. Said. Yeah. Right. You don't need it. 
Like you could just go out because it is purely meritocratic. And I am speaking from experience because there is actually a Broadway performer in the room over there. Who's no way. Too funny. That's a long story. <laughs> like, no, he's, he's, you could check him out. His name's, uh, Joshy Castile. Um, love it. he, yeah, he's, oh, he's awesome. Um, he's, he's dating my brother. So that's why. <laughs> um, anyways, what I did to get into this position was in, instead of going to college, my dad came to me and he's like, look, I'm a trainer. I'm a teacher. Uh, come with me and I can teach you more about management and entrepreneurship and sales and anything like that than any college could ever do. Yeah. Which I think was actually true mm-hmm. because I've talked to a couple of MBAs. I'm like, what do they teach you? Cause I'm in that space, but I'm on the opposite side. Right. And they, they're like, I'm not really sure. It's kind of like <laughs> HR. I'm like, I, mm. I mean, you can learn HR from a book. It'll take a few books, but you could learn. Yeah. And so not to besmirch all the, all the MBAs, you put in a lot more work than I ever have. Uh, <laughs> and we're cool with that. <laughs> we're cool with it. <laughs> and we're, we're okay with that. You keep okay doing what it. you're doing. You keep, yeah, you, okay. you stay striving, right? Absolutely. But what, what ended up being clear when I took the marketing DNA test was I'm an eight, four, eight, eight, which is a high alchemy, which yep. means I create things on the spot A four, I don't really care about words or images, right? I can paint a picture or I can pick words, whatever I want to do. Mm-hmm. I, I, but I like to communicate. Um, the other two are high empathy. Yep. So I, I, instead of, communicating through numbers facts and figures i prefer to communicate emotionally grab onto something that's really meaningful to somebody and Mm. show them how whatever i'm offering will um bring them to that place or to that result and uh i am live i prefer to be live i don't like scripts i don't like (laughs) anything like that and which is funny because most of my experience before like through high school was in musical theater and improv okay yeah so i learned a lot of scripts but i joined improv because i didn't have to memorize anything i didn't have to do any homework i just had to show up and deliver yeah or fail right (laughs) right which is very embarrassing and that is a that is a great crucible to go through with a few friends um but what my results told me was that i am a person who likes to improvise empathy in person Hmm. okay so a one-on-one sales plus a bit of a live events situation is exactly where i should be wow um and and it gave me so much clarity and it's rare to find someone who has an eight or higher or three or lower Mm. in three or more places okay interesting that there's actually a term for that in the um in the marketing DNA test, which is an eccentric because they tend to be, they, they so desperately perform well and so desperately prefer one way of doing things uh, that otherwise they're just finicky and like, no, (laughs) screw that. I get it away from me because (laughs) like, if you give me a strict script, I'm like, why? And I'll just chat with people. Yeah. Or if it's recorded, I, my eyes start to bleed. I hate it. Right. But like just doing this while the recorder's going. Yeah. Instead of just like typing it all out, and making yeah. it all good. Right. That's it's perfect. Yeah. Um, and so my my transition. Adios.
pardon he just Fine. uh my, my transition into sales was actually Perry's idea. He's like, no, I want Kyler selling because he's got this test score and I want to see what he can do. And I was like, it, it scared the shit out of me. I don't How know long if ago I was first year, but absolutely two and a half years, almost three. Okay. Um, I, I actually got some training with Ari Galper. Yep. And, and it's, which his sales philosophy is get to the truth, not to the sale, which yes. is very simpatico with an empath. Love it. Yep. Right. You like you don't have to worry about the pitch, the pitch, the pitch, the pitch, the pitch. What do they need? Hmm. And if you get to the core of what they need, because, you know, oh, I need more money. Why? Why? Right. I want to support my family. Have you been unable to do that? And then you get into the pain points like, well, wow. I, I've actually been bankrupt before. Oh, you you moved in with your in-laws? Oh, I well, I, I'd be happy to help you not do that again. And you can just get deeper and deeper because wow. eventually you hit that caramel core of pain. And it's almost always pain. <laughs> <laughs> and and then it's like, look, we have and when it's that caramel core of pain, you show them there is very little risk in this hmm. and almost all reward. And if it doesn't work out, you can just get a refund. Yeah. And those are ironclad. Like those refunds are good. Yeah. You are okay. You are safe. And we're here to help you and your family. Cause it's not about the business. Right. Right. But you won't discover that if you're just pitch, 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 which works sometimes. Pitch, 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 pitch works, but not get to the truth, not the sale. And so over time, I just got better and better and better. And I'm at the point like I, I met my yearly quota last week. Dude, like what I'm supposed to sell by end of December is like, no, it feels great. So now I'm like working on other projects. I love it. Uh, and I'm still trying to put through sales when leads come along, but yeah, I'm of course. like trying to fix the products page. And stuff. Right. Like, yeah. No, I've got other things I got to do. <laughs> Good for you, man. That's so cool. <laughs> I'm like, it's, it's what I, when I was like sort of prepping for this podcast a little bit and I was thinking about you, I was like, man, he has probably put in so many reps of these conversations, like you getting the, like taking the lead on these conversations. And then also what you said at the beginning of this, of like actually then getting to be in the room when, you know, Perry does like a round table session or something like that. Like, mm -hmm. what is it like to sort of be a fly on the wall or sort of like observe all of these different businesses with when planet Perry attracts so many different types of entrepreneurs like, what is it like to watch people just like break their business down and like get to observe them sort of like work their way through it? Like, what is that like just to be a fly on the wall and watch it happen? That's a great question. Um, I, there, there are few forms of this is something I didn't know would happen. There are few forms of like pure, unadulterated joy that I've ever experienced stronger than having a client I sold into the room get that moment where their whole membership was paid for like five times over. Right. We had this great, we had this great moment with this guy. I'm not going to mention his name. He sells, he sells accordions for Norteño players. Okay. Right. And he, and it's this really, um, it's really expensive product, you know, four or $5,000 an accordion. And he is beloved by the Norteño community who is just like, it's a, it's a niche in a niche in a niche. It's like $10 million market tops. It's Whoa. a tiny market. Yeah. 
And he's one of the smaller players, but he's absolutely dominating. Mm-hmm. It, but it takes eight months for an order to be completed oh, because okay. they have to send it in to the Italians to make them by hand <laughs> and custom orders every time. Right. And then it has to ship back. And there's all of these like backups with supply chain. So he was trying to move into the States and do all like control the supply chain. And he had this moment where he's like, well, my brother-in-law wants to buy a portion of the company for a $100,000. And it's this tiny amount, like 10, 10%. It's this huge amount, like 10% of the company. Yeah. Which means he's valuing his business at a $10 million. Yeah. The size of the intern. <laughs> right. Well, it, it's not even that. It's $1 million. And the whole group was like, don't give them equity. Like, if you want to share this business with your brother-in-law, that's your business. But you can get a loan right now from PayPal mm. that'll get that, <laughs> that'll free up your whole... And it turns out, like, the $100,000 would allow him to free up his entire supply chain and probably Whoa. take over the market. Wow. And just, like, in in the space of 40 minutes, we probably made him about $3 million in the next two years. Like, yes! Right. <laughs> like, that's it, man. Yeah. That's why you're here. And, and it would, it, I'm feeling it right now. Like the joy just like it flew through me like lightning. Um, and I did not think that would happen. I wow. didn't know I could vicariously feel that success. Yeah. Um, and so golly, I, I, I think I forgot your initial question. <laughs> <laughs> well, part of like the, so like being like an observer and watching people like, have breakthroughs in the business like that. And something that I have, something that I observed or that I tried to at least be super self-aware about myself when I was like, I would say, like I said, when I was 22, I was like, just kind of understanding or just getting like, just introduced even like the term 80, 20, I didn't even really know what that meant. And then 2020 when, right when I turned 23 was when I met you for the first time we were in round table in San Diego. And that was when Perry was talking about basically like, essentially predicting basically like what happened with COVID essentially. Like he was like, and the exercise we did was like write down on a note card, like what would happen if everything in like in your business, like dried up essentially overnight. And Mm -hmm. I I became very aware of how vulnerable I was because at the time I had sort of built my clientele around my skill set of knowing how to run Facebook ads, but that was basically all I really knew how to do. Like I knew paid advertising, but I didn't really know a lot else. And I was very like, Oh my gosh, like I left that round table like very aware that, oh my gosh, I got to go to work. And then that next month COVID happened. And I was like, all right, well, time to go to work. And then I learned funnel design. Then I learned systems and I learned ops and I learned all these things. And it made me essentially who I am. But I don't think, and it didn't even really click even more until I'd say last year when you got me into the new Renaissance and I went through the 80, 20, what is it? The productivity like express, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I went through that and I understood, or I started to learn about like your USP and started getting a little bit deeper into that. And part of like, I'm curious, the breakthroughs that you see some of these entrepreneurs go through in their business, like if you could put a percentage on it or at least like make a distinction, like how much of it is like things in their business, like technical things that they make in their business, like make improvements or how much is it like personal? I mean, the big Planet Perry term is head trash. Like, yeah. How much is it like, is it like tweaks in their business or is it like personal head trash, things that need to get out of the way? Or obviously it's, you know, it's probably a mixture of both, but like, do you see like a, an emphasis on one or the other? That's a great question. Um, I would 
I would actually add a third category yeah. before I answer it. Mm-hmm. The third category is I've got all these things that are valuable to me in my life yeah. and I don't want to lose any of them, but I want to grow my business, uh-huh. yeah, which yeah, is yeah. probably going to take up more time. So how do I like navigate all this yes. while not taking up too much more of my time and w- with my current budget? Right. So I, yeah, I'd say, I'd say about 50% of the time, uh, big ahas or things holding people back. Mm-hmm. For roundtable, which is entrepreneurs at the five at, at or above the five hundred thousand dollar a year revenue, yep, that would be. It would probably be there is a part of your business that you have not examined properly, hmm. and there's this like golden nugget of opportunity. Right. Like every once in a while, there's somebody who has like I have, I you know I there was a patent lawyer who came into one of our events. Uh, recently and he has this patent law firm and he has this app that helps other law firms and other inventors patent things faster at least that's what the app is supposed to do and what perry pointed out is if you funnel those people through your law firm which you're already doing and you make them use the app and you get feedback on how the app runs well Mm-hmm. And you just keep running people through that in four years, you are going to have like you're going to have an app that works 20 percent better in an incredibly difficult field, right. which is patent law. Right. And then you can just sell that software as a service to other firms yes. so that they can get their patents through so much faster. And so you have a super highway through the international patent law, which means you don't have a $4 million business. You have an $80 million business Goodness. waiting to happen. And all you have to do is get feedback on how it works and really grease the shoot. Right. And like 50% of the time, a massive change in someone's business comes about from a small part or like a project or something they're doing that gets them moving so much faster. And sometimes yeah. it's just getting good Google reviews. Right. That's right. it. Like, and, and, <laughs> because bad, re- ooh, bad reviews weigh you yeah, down. Certainly. Right. What's the term? Is it like um small levers swing big doors or small hinges swing yes, big doors? Yes, exactly. Like exactly. Yeah. It. Small hinges swing big doors. And it, it's absolutely correct. Now I would also say there there's the rare person who shows up who is pure head trash. Like I've got um one guy sets the tone for a meeting by showing up. He's the first hot seat. It's 9 a.m. People are like still drinking their coffee. And he's like, look, I signed up because uh I just went through the worst divorce in my life, which is the oh, second divorce. Um, my I'm almost bankrupt. This was my last bit of money. Uh, and I want to set my life up and my mind up and my work up so that this never happens to me again. Wow. And so somebody just like pulls out a chair. It's like, okay, I I don't remember his name. So, okay, Dave, let's talk about what happened. And like the entire hour is just like this guy cutting a vein and bleeding. My life is so hard right now and I never want to be back here. Yeah. Like, well, Dave, we can help you get there. No problem. And that's the, that's, that's probably the hardest one. 
getting real and honest with a person who is suffering. Yeah. And connecting with them is like, we bear the same burden. We want as much as you do to not fall off this cliff. Cause I'm, right. you know, every business owner there probably has a spouse. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to fall off that cliff. I right. love them. Yeah. Right. I, I, I also don't like, I want to help you because I'm also helping me. And, and the other thing that's so valuable about that kind of dynamic is every one in it's, it's always a horseshoe pattern. And there's somebody at the yeah, front. Right. Everyone in that effective circle can also take the feedback the person in the hot yes. seat is getting. Hundred percent. Right. So they can they can also with with you know the Dave example, they can also avoid uh you know not spending enough time at home. They can also avoid some of the pitfalls this guy ran into with his business partner. Right. You can. That's that's the value of this. That's the value of of your podcast. It's right. like, yeah, man, cut, cutting a vein and bleeding is so valuable because Dude. when people are at their most lonely, they know they're not alone. Hmm. And when and, people, oh <laughs> right, yeah. and when people are, um, when people are falling down that chute, it's like this is how you get out and this is how you nail the recovery or this is how you avoid or qualify your partners next time. Jeez. Wow. Is there like, (laughs) if you could off the top of your head, like what were some, and I'm sure you're still working through stuff now if you're okay with sharing it, but like, what are some of the things like personal head trash things that like you've had to work your way through? Um, I can, I, okay. (laughs) So I, was so terrified to go into sales. I don't think I've told anybody the story. Exclusive. So when I was, <laughs> yeah, hey, tell all. Um, <laughs> when when I was when I was getting some training with Ari Galper. Yep. We were at lunch with Perry, my dad, um, Ari Galper and the other salesperson who's been here for 14 years, Tiffany Jimenez. Yep. She's an ab- she, she's fantastic. Yeah, love to. She, she didn't need any input mm-hmm. from Ari. She's got her own thing. She follows Tom Hopkins. She does she's got her own system. It's she great. is dialed, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. she is dialed. Well, you you don't stick around for 14 years. Yeah, right. And not lead in the way. <laughs> not yeah. be really good like she's um anyways so we're just getting into the nitty-gritties of like calling and all of that and i just break down crying over my burger wow i just start crying it's like man i'm so scared of this and i could tell everyone's like why is he crying yeah. it's like no because i'm terrified because this is a step into something i don't understand i don't know there aren't a lot of systems i didn't get a lot of like support they're just like i don't know sell roman yeah right. <laughs> just 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 go sell yeah. who what right. which figure how it out. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah figure it out which eventually is like come on dude just improvise it's like well i need to understand the fundamentals of sales of course right and what makes a, a a sale good which is so much philosophy and so much psychology you wouldn't believe it um and like that moment 
I still like vividly remember just the looks on their faces like, no, this is actually pretty fundamental. Yeah. And I had the unbelievable privilege to get one-on-one training from one of the world's best like sales trainers. Seriously. And I just cried right there. And so it was, it was, it's, it's still very embarrassing for me, but I was able to take it. It's like, no, it really is simple. Yeah. Just talk to someone. Right. Just talk to someone. Get to understand. They're on the phone with you for a reason. We can do mm-hmm. qualified. Pro- we, we can do like pre-qualification if you want, but you can also just get on the phone. And if they answer the phone, it's like, hey, I'm just here to serve your needs. What's going on? Yep. Who are you? What do you do? What's what's the squeaky wheel? Sometimes there isn't a squeaky wheel. OK, that's fine. That's 15 minutes. OK, there yeah. goes 15 minutes. You right. were going to what? You were going to eat a sandwich in that time? Okay. <laughs> I think that's Go so valuable though. <laughs> like I know, I know for myself and I think like anybody that's trying to like either enter in a new sort of field that's foreign to them or at least like build a new skill set. Like it is going to be uncomfortable at the beginning. It is not supposed to be natural and going to come easy at certain times like that. But I think the the breakthroughs, I mean, look at you now, like two and a half years later and, you know, you are cranking, you hit your sales mm-hmm. quote already this year. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Like in fourth quarter just started. It's so cool. But I think like, <laughs> that is what is so valuable of a lesson there is like when you stick with something and you're consistent with it, like if it is going to be painful at the beginning, like I remember, I mean, I'll be vulnerable about it too. Like back in 2020 when pandemic times happened and I, I like had this and it's so simple talking about it now, but I had this weird sort of like, oh, okay. When someone clicks an ad, they go to a landing page. Like they don't just mm-hmm. end up in like a sphere. I was like, okay, I got to learn landing pages and funnels. And I remember investing into uh shout out, Goose and Sam with full-time funnel designer. I learned, was learning landing pages. And I can remember that summer going through, I had just recently gone through a breakup. My entire business was essentially evaporated when, when COVID happened. And I can remember that summer sitting there and just spending hours building funnels and being like, just shedding tears sitting there just like i am never going to figure this out i'm never going to figure this out and i mean again it was one of those things where i just i was almost like didn't really give myself a choice just put my head down and just kept moving and moving and moving and actually what helped me was i went to bob and perry and a couple other people and like just did it for free i like rebuilt Mm. some of the funnels for them and just sent it over them i was like hey i thought this was you know this i'm just trying to build up like, you know, my skill set. What do you guys think? And that was what ended up me building the ultimate guide to Facebook advertising, building that funnel from Bob. Cause like I just sent some funnels in and he was, he ended up reaching out to me. That's great. To, yeah. It led to so much opportunity, but again, it just, it sucked at the beginning. Of course it, sucked. <laughs> it was terrible. I didn't want to do yeah. it. And I always told myself like, I'm not a designer. I'm not creative. I'm not this and that. And like, Beyond that now, I've I've understood now that like there's real big leverage and understanding like almost like the full macro of a marketing funnel and understanding like, okay, this mm. is traffic sources, this is a conversion event on the landing page, this is how you follow up, this is sales, this and that. And now I can see that on a macro vision and now I can mobilize resources. And that's how I found myself in a position where I'm like, I'm like a digital marketing kind of project manager consultant almost in a sense now. But I just had to learn every step of the sequence to now be in a position where I feel comfortable and confident to be able to go out and approach these things. So yeah, absolutely. So cool. And well, everybody, everybody in your position has, or even in my position has to go through that long, like long dark night of the soul. Absolutely, They have to like, when they hang out their shingle, you have to put in the work, but the earlier you can put it, if you Mm -hmm. stay in this field, which you don't necessarily have to. And if you don't, you could just take all the lessons you have and go into a different field. Yeah. You have such a 
you, Noah, have such a massive competitive advantage over time because you understand how that system really works. There's yeah. there's very few people at at your age where they're going to be able to speak to that deep level of understanding, particularly tested on your own money, right? Yeah, right. On your own reputation. Oh boy. Yeah. Right. Which I mean, I think it's absolutely true that a reputation is worth way more than any amount of money. Yeah. Big time. Wow. So well said. It, it, well, absolutely. That's that's just proverbs. <laughs> 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 that's 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 thousands of years old. But like it's it's worth pointing out, like you gotta right now, so I I actually had a really <laughs> I had a really terrifying experience recently where i was hanging out with my girlfriend and i just started crying because i wasn't i'm like i'm terrified that i'm not capable of taking on whatever the future throws at me Hmm. i'm just terrified of that and and i started afterwards i was like because it was out of the blue i started asking you know 30 40 50 somethings like is that normal and they're like yeah that's just what the 20s is like you just existential terror is just part of it particularly when you know (laughs) pandemics going on folks are setting shit on fire there's (laughs) you know everyone's screaming recession and no one seems to be interested in actually bringing about any solutions it's like okay yeah existential terror is the right thing to do (laughs) um i got (laughs) i got the book recommendation range which is okay. this excellent book it's it's called range it's a terrible title um i forget who it's by i can look it up if you want yeah uh, but it is a book that was recommended specifically of like hey if you're terrified of what your future looks like reads this read this book nice. and what the book said was people who hyper focus into one single thing and get really really good at it have careers, but they're not very satisfied with them. Okay. And they're also, um, they are rarely unbelievably productive, okay. right? There are yeah. people who, there are examples like uh, Tiger Woods, where like at two years old, he could golf remarkably well, Yeah, right? Like way early on. And he was like world-class at like 11, Right. And he just kept running with that. But that is so very rare. Yes. What what a more normal example would be is Roger Federer, who didn't start playing tennis until he was like 15, which if you know tennis families, that's way too late. And and like the world's best Best. tennis player over time just by playing and experimenting. And the Mm. whole book is don't worry just play and experiment with things that are of interest to you and make you uncomfortable. Wow. So I love I've that. just, oh, it's so good. It's That's such great. a good book. Yeah. And so I have been intentionally like noting when I'm uncomfortable. Nice. Yes. Like, oh, I want to, I should probably do that. I should probably do that more. And so I'm, I'm seeking out new projects to do with different people. I'm showing up on other people's podcasts. Mm-hmm. I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, hosting parties. Like I'm having people over into my apartment, which is yes. huge, right? but it's very well decorated. And I'm just like trying to be a host <laughs> and it makes right. me really uncomfortable because I've got some social anxiety. Yeah. I think everybody does, but like, it, 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 but I want to get good at these things. Dude, I love that. Yeah, part of my so part of my head trash that I worked through during like pandemic times, kind of like 2021, 
was mm-hmm. the mantra that I kept telling myself was that I was trying to solve problems before they exist. I was mm-hmm. always lost and like caught in the future and trying to solve these problems. Yes. What I, the conclusion I got myself to, what I worked my way through was like, if I am always doing the best with the skills, leverage, network, resources, money that I have at my current disposal, and I'm always doing the best with that, then like I need to just have confidence that like this future is going to take care of itself if I'm always just here and I'm doing the best with what I have right now. And that yeah. is like, that doesn't exist yet. It doesn't like all I have is here and right now. And I just need to stay locked in with this. And part of that was also like learning about myself more and being confident in what I was really good at. Cause again, like you said, it gave me clarity of like, okay, I know the role that I'm going to play on this team because I, I'm just, you know, I, this is what I'm naturally sort of like curious towards and I'm doing mm. things that are pushing me out of my comfort zone and I'm testing my limits and I am not trying to solve these problems because they're not my responsibility. Like this is what I'm going to stay focused on. I'm going to trust in these people around me to get their shit done and we're going to push this forward. And like, I don't need to worry about that problem yet because that doesn't exist. Like I am putting the most into what is happening right now. And I am preparing myself for projects that don't even exist yet with people mm-hmm. that I haven't even met yet with skills that like I have yet to develop, which is almost like exciting and it's fun. Cause it's like, Oh, I'm prepping for things that don't mean like don't even exist yet, but that's the magic. Like that's where the fun is happening is like, you let go of it and you come back to it. And like, maybe that path is a little bit dark, but you put your constraints in place and you put, and you put your head down and you just, you play the game and you work and you just go to work like that. For Absolutely. Me was what let, let it go. And it gave me so much freedom just to, yeah, just to focus on it. Yeah. I, and I, I would also add to that. I think there's, I think there's a mistake a lot of people make when they try to, um, you know, uh, Jordan Peterson put it best. Like, don't compare yourself to others now. Hmm. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday. Yes. Right. That's right. how you should measure personal growth because right. like you have very different you have a very different story and a very and very different opportunities from what I have, even though they tend to overlap. Right. And and there's some symbi- symbiosis that comes from that. But mm-hmm. really what you should do is keep an eye out for weird opportunities that come along, even just um even just like an offer to help someone clean out their garage. A, you might find something cool in there that they don't want anymore. B, that <laughs> might turn into like like I signed up for this as an educational opportunity. Yeah. That's how I'm here. But um, our uh, David Nadler pointed out, like Kyler, he pointed this out last year. Kyler, that whole story about you being like a student here and you being here to learn, um, that kind of sets everyone's expectation that you're some college peon and you need, you need <laughs> to stop telling people that story because you don't live out that story anymore, do you? And I'm like, no, I don't. I'm a professional. And he's like, yeah, you're a goddamn professional. Certainly are. And so go out and yes. get some sales done. I was like, yes, thank you, David. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, and, and I stopped telling people that story. And I also said, dad, hey, stop telling that story because that's who I was. Right. But there was, but there was a noticeable transition where mm-hmm. I was like, well, no, Kyler's, Kyler's bringing in sales. Kyler's doing what he's got to do. Kyler's yeah. putting, you know, putting in the work. Yes. And whatever that work is for you or or for the listener, it's like put it in, stretch right. yourself, scare yourself yeah. just a little bit though. Don't <laughs> we we're not trying Within to measure. Yeah. hurt anybody. Yeah, right. like a just a little bit and then you go back and then you go a little bit further and pretty soon 
you are leaps and bounds away from where you were. I love it. So another really big part of Planet Perry is the memos, right? Memos from the head office. Yeah. What has your yeah. experience been with them? Like, so I'll just share a quick, <laughs> quick, quick parable from me. Please. So I, um, I've been doing it pretty consistently, f- probably for the last, man, 15 months, maybe I've been doing it like very, very consistently. And the one that's always stuck with me was, um, life is not a ladder to climb. Rather, it's a, like a, an open field to be enjoyed and explored. Essentially, it was like the one that's stuck with me. So, that's Can good. you just like explain what the memos part of Planet Perry is? And if you could just put your own sort of personal experience with it a little bit for anybody listening that is curious about it. And if you guys are want to read about it more, check it, definitely check out Perry's book on Amazon. I'm a big fan of that one too. But yeah, Kyler, I'd oh, love to hear, yeah. love to hear your, uh, your experience with it. I Yeah, I'm just pulling up some right now. Um, so my experience with memos has actually been really extensive. So I grew up, I'm agnostic now, but I grew up in a charismatic church. Some other people might know it as Pentecostal. Um, And so it is very like all is love, happy, happy, joy, joy, woo, woo, memo sort of thing where people will just like, you know, during worship, people are like lying on the ground or, you know, talking and speaking in tongues, that whole thing. Yeah. Uh, Or that people will just tap on you. And give you a memo. It's like, hey, I think God God has this to say for you. And I have a very complicated relationship with that right now uh, because a lot of people used that authority to do things that they wanted. Hmm. Um, which so C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis has this great. So he wrote the screw tape letters, which mm-hmm. if you haven't read them, it's awesome. It right. is some of the funniest and most interesting social commentary I've ever seen because it is it is a series of letters that a demon is sending as advice to tempt someone. Okay. Right. Yeah. This is how this is how you tempt it. So it's it's a very evil book, but it's this really really great book and it's and it's it's got some social commentary going on in there. <laughs> um he in an addendum to the book he said I've never written something with such ease and such discomfort as I did this book. Wow. It was so easy and I I hated the authorial voice so much because hmm. it was all bite and grit and crunch. Yeah. That that's screw tape's world. And he was also upset about the book because it couldn't be what he wanted it to be, which was a chapter from screw tape and then a chapter from an, an angel. Oh, right. Okay. So the temptation and then yeah. the archangelical advice that the screw tape's counterpart would give to the angel on the yes. other guy and the guy's other shoulder. Right. And he said the the thing that upset me so much about that was I couldn't like, what format do you write heavenly advice in? Is it poetry? Is it Hmm. prose? Is it song? Is it an essay? Is it like, what format do you even start with? And how can I possibly write anything that like every single line would have to stink of heaven? And I couldn't do it. So I only wrote the the, the screw tape letters. (laughs) And like, well, that's fair. And so uh, one part of me says, if someone is going to come to me and speak for the head office, 
that which is ostensibly transcendently good, it had better stink of heaven. Hmm. Right. And that's my resentment talking. Now, the other side of memos from the head office is get in touch with your deepest desires and the muse. Yes. Because it it, it is like, for whatever reason, for thousands of years, people have said, I get ideas from outside of me. Yes. I don't know where they come from. Right. But like a thought just ah, right there. And sometimes it's it is 10 out of 10. It is an excellent thought. And sometimes people make millions from a thought like that. Yeah. Right. And and they do. And what you have to do is pay attention. Hmm. Write it down. Have a ritual of laying out what your thoughts are that day and make note of them and revisit them. Yep. In that sense, memos from the head office is one of the most unbelievable ideas I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Right. And so as long as people aren't tapping me on the shoulder and it's like, Hey, I got a memo for you <laughs> that doesn't stink like heaven. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. And, right. but there are people in my life that still like tap me on the shoulder. Hey, I got something to say. And I, and I'm blown away by what they say. Yeah. It's either something I've been ruminating on for a long time and I haven't said to anybody. It's just weird. So mm-hmm. one of them. One of one of the one of my favorite memos I've ever gotten. I'll, I'll share two. Yeah, and ones that I try to live out. Um, it's be a container shaped like a pitcher, and that be a container shaped like a pitcher. That all I pour into your life, all the abundance becomes something that you pour into others, uh-huh. leaving more room for me to fill and refill again and again wow. and again. Boy, do you live that way, Kyler. I'm trying, man. <laughs> I'm trying because because that's what I want to be. I was yeah. I was raised in a culture of of like share and abundance and something yeah. that day someone else who I need to introduce you to Tom McCann, mm-hmm. he says he says, "You know, Kyler, it strikes me that you're the kind of guy where if you have a quarter, I have a dime." And I love that so much because wow. I try. Yeah. I try, or at least a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll negotiate down to a nickel. Right. But like <laughs> if I have a quarter, and and my friends know this, like if they need you know this. If you need anything, if you're in town, I got you. Always. That's why there's a Broadway performer on sleeping <laughs> on my couch. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I got you. What do you need? Wow, I'll Kyler. order pizza. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I love that. That's incredible. Yeah. And and so like there's please like if you take anything away from this, be skeptical of someone who taps you on the shoulder, but be in touch with your muse, man. Yes. So the way Keep that oh, wait, there was one other memo, right? What was the other memo? You said no, was, those are the two memos. Those are the two. Those are, okay. I took I took I took the nickel and dime ones. Like, <laughs> no, I'm I'm taking that on. That's going on my shoulder. Yes. I'm living that. Dude, I love that. And I might so, get it tattooed on me. <laughs> <laughs> a big part again this is another big thing that um is instilled in me from planet perry like one of the core tenets i would say is the renaissance time right the way mm. the, the early morning tapping into the muse like i so my renaissance time my sort of um way that i've constructed it and i love the way that perry has always framed it is like again the idea behind it is like when you wake up in the morning, instead of like jumping right into getting blasted in the face by emails and all of a sudden you work and then it's mm-hmm. three in the afternoon, you're like, I don't even know what happened today. Like 
the way that I've always understood it and interpreted it was like, I am taking <laughs> the way that I remember Perry saying this, like, I have so much to do that I'm going to take the first hour of the day to myself and just take my time like the way. And I was just like, dude, that is, I love that. <laughs> I thought that was so great. Because again, like I think yeah. the idea behind it is, again, the way that I approach it every day is I, first thing I do, I get up. I don't even really think about it. I just, I get right and I just jump right in the shower. It's the way that I've always done it. But I, in, even in that time, like I am very present with just like, gosh, it feels so good just letting the water hit me. And I'm just breathing and kind of just like slowly getting my day started. And then I go right into some deep meditation. And that for me is just focusing on the breath. And that's usually where yeah. I start to kind of feel that muse starting to come in a little bit. And then usually I end that meditation with something that I want to go and write about. And I do, I just take 20 minutes and I just free flow and I write and I just, wherever it goes, that's where it goes. And I just mm. allow myself to just write and put my thoughts down. And I usually exit that feeling just like very at peace, very in control, very intentional for what I'm approaching with that day. But I'm just allowing that to sort of like whatever I'm feeling, whatever I'm thinking it's addressed. And usually that is where my best thinking and my best thoughts are done. It's, quiet in the morning i just put on some soft music and i just write and i let it happen and that to me for me like that renaissance time doing that the last two years like i've had i don't even like i can't i can't even quantify the amount of leaps and bounds i've had personally professionally just from doing that practice every day non-negotiable it's every day so how do you practice it like what's your renaissance time what is like what's your approach to that that's good. That's really good. So I tried, I tried the intentional, like carve out part of your day and, and like do the whole notes taking thing. Yep. And what, what I, so for whatever reason, my morning routine is usually I wake up seven thirty, maybe eight. Mm-hmm. I brew some coffee and I do the dishes. Okay. I just, cause I'm groggy. I, yeah. I can't really think. And I'm just waiting for the coffee to come in and I just do the dishes. I do something mindless and I might be listening to a book. I might be listening to music. Yeah. Right. And if anything comes in, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, there's like a cool thought. I write it down and I get yes. it. I get it done. But that's usually not the best time for me to like listen to the muse or whatever. Okay. What I you my Renaissance time usually takes the form of, um, so I'm what I call an external processor, okay. which means I, learn uh other people call it think to talk versus talk to think okay um i talk to think i figure out what i think by talking yes (laughs) which is a very it's 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 very cathartic but that is how i learn what i think so talk therapy is very helpful helpful for me um and when i get into a groove i've been in a groove for much of this call when i get into a groove i can feel like i can feel the hinges loosening up and i can really get some clarity on how i feel and what i think and that's my renaissance time nice and i and i spend so much time talking on the phone with people and getting into a flow that Pretty soon after the call, I just start ranting to myself. And that's when really? that's when the memos start. Oh, no yeah. I way. talk to myself all the time. And <laughs> and it actually helps if music is playing. Yeah. And and I get like sometimes it's like metal or rap yeah. or something like that. Right. And I just start writing it. It's like, oh shit. And 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 I start and I keep one notes file called Renaissance Time. And it's my thoughts, it's notes for therapy, it's like invention ideas, it's like all different stuff that I just like detail down. It's this enormous file. Um, and that's what wow. my Renaissance time looks like. And 
what I would say Renaissance time is, it, because, partly because I haven't figured out what the morning routine thing is, mm-hmm. but like nobody's really like craning down my neck and looking at what my work is. So like if I have an appointment as like if the 20 minute space, I can't call somebody because any good call is going to take 30 minutes uh, <laughs> or at least 15. And that's going to be too tight for me to do any of the calls justice. You know, yes, like don't half ass two things, whole ass one thing. Ooh. I, <laughs> I <Another old> proverb. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Was that like 2012? <laughs> um, <laughs> I take the time when when Renaissance time happens, mm-hmm. I note how and why, and I write it down. Okay. And I'm intentional about write, like making sure it's documented mm-hmm. and making sure I understand that I'm in the environment that I can do it. Sometimes it's just on the road. Yeah. Right. And I have to do like speech to text into this file and I yes. have to like go back afterward. Right. To like synthesize it. And I, I have a big backlog of stuff I have to like go back. Dude, I'm the same way because I just I'll rip out my phone and just text myself and just like send little texts to myself and then come back and then like on a Saturday I'll just review my text and then like oh that was an interesting thought and then sometimes Mm. what was I saying? What is this? (laughs) Usually, usually it's just like. If I can't figure out what I was trying to say, it is my fault. Yeah. And I certainly. was either like, <laughs> I was either inebriated in some way and it's just a stupid idea <laughs> or I, or the, the speech to text just didn't, didn't even figure it out. It couldn't possibly right. uh, translate what I was trying to say. It's like, oh, that's fine. Too you fun, know, dude. I love it. Yeah, yeah. These are I good think, questions. Well, I'm I, I like to think I'm full <laughs> of them. Um, I think this this has been so Im- immensely valuable. I so appreciate you coming on. And I just kind of want to leave this of like one last question. Um Please? what is sort of like do you have like an overarching kind of like a big I won't even want to say goal, but just like a target. Almost like what's your what drives you? Like what's your motivation? Is it like a big thing you want to accomplish? Like what gets you up and moving like what is what is really like your main driver like you know what what gets your engine going that's a really good question so i've actually been trying to figure that out yeah so the big broad goal the big broad goal is something i'm trying to get clarity on and the reason i'm trying to get clarity on it is because for me to formulate a big goal and run toward it because right i've been for years i have just been learned Mm-hmm. learn yeah. understand pull right. apart research grab you know uh, test improv all of that right aiming toward a single horizon seems weird to me but i understand that's what like really truly productive people do right so i i'm trying to go on a journey of self-understanding of what makes this tick because there's all, and that's inductive reasoning. I've got all of these different signals, yes. passive and active, that are telling me, I like this. I don't like that. So what makes me tick is people. Okay. Fundamentally. Yeah. I'm not super money motivated. Mm-hmm. I Or I've met people that are money motivated. Right. And I am not that guy. Right. <laughs> right. Those, hey, God bless them. Go for it. Long live John Paul Mendoza. I am not. 
that money motivated. (laughs) And it's clear I'm more control motivated, but that's also head trash. Interesting. So it's somewhat head trash. And so I'm, I'm sorting out how to answer that question right now. What I want to be is a good connector for people to meet each other. Yep. A pitcher that pours into others as it is poured into. Yep. And I want to be surrounded by, I don't want to have to worry about money. And I want to be surrounded by people that are interesting, that are doing beautiful, wonderful things, which is why I'm here. (laughs) Right. That's that like, that's why this is so good because this, as far as I can tell, is oriented toward getting that available to more and more people. Absolutely. That's what I want because this picture pours. Jeez, dude. I love that. I love that. And like, it's a, it's a big part of like why I like my motivation for doing these podcasts and sort of yeah. finishing with that question is like, so like, I, I, I really think like we see the effect of people that have made good, good decisions for decades. Right. But like, I want to know the cause. Like I want to see the decisions that they made and the difficult decisions and like what those goals and what those targets were, because part of this year, a lot for me has been, especially since getting kind of, you know, cut out of the business last year. Yeah. There was a lot of sort of disillusionment and I was sort of like, I don't know what the next big target is. I don't, I was struggling sort of setting that for myself and quite honestly, and I got some good advice from a mentor and I sort of let that go for a while. And his advice to me was what, like, who do you want to be? What do you want to mm. feel? What do you want to do for a very long time? And that gave me a lot of like freedom and peace just to be like, well, I just want to like, I know what I'm curious about. I know what I want to explore. I know what I want to talk about. I know what I want to do. And I have this don't even know what to call it yet inside of me. And this is kind of my documentation of exploring that as well. I'm just like, I don't know what this is all going to turn into, but learning from other people and getting like such great advice from you and then allowing sort of like in the same sense, like just allowing a space like this, just to like explore it, talk about it. Yeah. Kind of comes up. Like it's so much learning for me as well. Like I get so much value out of it. So like, man, again, Kyler, amazing. So great to have you on, dude. We gotta have Thank you, you so much for having me. Your I'd energy. be happy to. I I truly <laughs> I would be. It. I'm happy to. Uh, this pitcher pours, you know. It really does. Your, your <laughs> That's energy, what it is. Your energy is truly infectious. I love it seriously. And I know you and I are going to have a long, illustrious relationship together. I'm so thankful for it. Hell yeah, dude! I don't know where we're going. I don't know what we're doing, but we're gonna, we're gonna, gonna do time. it. <laughs> Hell yeah, it. man! Appreciate it, Kyler. Thank you again, everybody listening, watching. Please again, um, like and subscribe on YouTube. Leave us a review if you're listening on one of the podcast platforms. Um, again, appreciate everyone's time, effort, energy, and attention to all my builders out there. I salute you, and I will see you guys in the next episode, Kyler. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>